Good morning, everyone. My name is Ashley Matthews. I'm the education pastor here at Trinity on the West Side. It's so great to be with you. If you have Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 15. We've made the decision to depart from the lectionary over these next few weeks in order to spend time going through this series on emotionally healthy spirituality. This will be our first text that aligns with the curriculum and the material for those of you who are going through um, that book. You'll sit with this text again later on in the week. We'll read and we'll pray. Verse 10. The, Lord of, the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commands. Samuel was angry, and he cried out to the Lord all night. Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, and Samuel was told Saul went to Carmel, where he set up a monument for himself, and on returning, he passed on down to Gilgal. When Samuel came to Saul, Saul said to him, May you be blessed by the Lord. I have carried out the command of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? And the lowing of cattle that I hear. Saul said they have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the cattle. To sacrifice to the Lord your God. But the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop. I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. He replied, speak. Samuel said, though you are little in your own eyes. Are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But from the spoil, the people took sheep and cattle, the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obedience to the voice of the Lord? Surely to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is no less a sin than divination and stubbornness is like inequity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the Lord, the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy Spirit, or we do... um, Invite and welcome, Lord, your presence with us wherever it is that we're gathered here in this place and in our homes. Be with us now as we do the work, God, of the church, of attuning our hearts and our minds, Lord, to your voice, to hear from you. Make us people of peace, people who are courageous enough, Lord, to invite you in beneath the surface, into the broken places. Be with us, Lord, as We begin this very good work together. We do it all for your sake, Lord, for your glory. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
So a few months ago, um, as a team, as a leadership team, we made the decision to spend these few weeks in the summer um, through ordinary time, the season given to spiritual growth, going through this series in emotionally uh, healthy spirituality as a way of inviting the work of the Holy Spirit to go beneath the surface, uh, dig down deep into where we carry so much of our history and our pain, where our emotions come from, uh, as, in hopes, as a way of saying, like, with the Spirit, we're going to grow deeper in our faith by growing deeper and more connected with each other uh, and with the Lord. In light of all we've seen over these last few weeks, all the pain, all the anger, all the violence, all the grief, this work of going beneath the surface and paying attention to what's really going on, this work only feels all the more timely, all the more important for us to do. Emotionally Healthy Spirituality was created by a pastor in New York City named Pete Scazzaro. Pete created this content and began this journey because um, even though he acknowledges he was a growing Christian, he was devoted to the Lord, he was a pastor of a, a growing church, when crisis hit in his life, he came to terms with, or had to come to terms with, rather, the fact that emotionally he, he was kind of a mess. And he, he writes this. He says, While I sincerely loved Jesus and believed many truths about him, I was an emotional infant, unwilling to look at my immaturity. In the book, he talks about, for example, his addiction to work, his tendency towards people-pleasing, and how both of these things resulted in dishonesty in his life, which created strain in his relationships, in his marriage. And people say, rather than like really dealing with those emotions, trying to figure out what was going on, he, he kind of ignored them. He felt rather guilt and shame about them, which caused him to want to bury them. I mean, he confessed things when he did things wrong. He apologized. He smoothed things over. But it took a long time and a number of crises for him to actually really begin to think about and to explore what was really going on. Um, why did he tend to repeat these same patterns over and over and over again in spite of how he was growing in his faith and his love for the people around him? And I suspect that as you will read through Pete's story, there will be a number of us who can relate I mean, over these last few weeks, we've all had to come to terms with things in ourselves that we either didn't know were there or were really not proud of. And, uh, y'all, this, you know, this crisis, this uh, pandemic, the quarantine, uh, it may have revealed those things, but we all know it, it didn't create them. We're just now seeing things, both in ourselves and all around us, uh, that maybe we were choosing not to see before. And in that way, I think that there's a real invitation. One of the core convictions, actually, of emotionally healthy spirituality is that our emotions, or the lack thereof, because the reality is some of us have gone through this whole thing not feeling much at all. Emotional unavailability can be as much of a symptom as emotional sort of mania or ups and downs. One of the core convictions is that our emotions are actually trying to tell us something. If we don't learn to pay attention to them, to lead them in ways that are constructive, what they're going to end up doing is pushing us out in ways that are not just unhelpful, but will take us down a path that leads us farther and farther away from like, who we're really meant to be, into a kind of shadow version of ourselves. That's what's inter interesting to me about Saul's story. He wasn't completely off. He was just like 10 degrees of center off. And had he continued to walk that way, he would have led Israel in perhaps a totally different direction than God intended uh, for them to go. And that's why God intervenes ultimately. If you go back to the story, 
one of the things that you'll note, particularly if you read, if you back up and read Saul's whole story, Saul was a good and godly man. He loved the Lord. He was committed to doing the right thing. He wanted to please God, and he wanted to please everybody around him. And actually, that was part of the problem. Saul has a tendency towards people-pleasing. And that tendency, what the story is trying to illustrate for us, is that that tendency toward people-pleasing is actually symptomatic of a deeper brokenness and insecurity. And we know this because when, Saul, when Samuel, the prophet, goes to Saul to confront him, uh, immediately Saul's defensive. He, he says to Samuel, I, I did do what the Lord asked me to do. Actually, I defeated our enemies. Uh, and I even did better. I improved upon his plan. I brought back the king and the best of their spoils to present to the Lord in his honor. You're welcome. And so then Samuel has to, I mean, he literally says, stop which is maybe the most gracious thing that Samuel can do. Who has, by the way, you'll notice in comparison, dealt with his anger differently? Samuel was angry when God came to him and said, Saul is disobeyed and I need to remove him as king. But what did Samuel do? He spent all night dealing with his anger before God so that when he's confronted with what he hears and sees in Saul, he's able to say, stop, I need you to hear the word of the Lord. And he repeats back to Saul what Samuel has heard from God. And God says this to Saul, Listen to me. Though you are little in your own eyes, though you think yourself small, in other words, I have appointed you as the king over Israel. Why have you not obeyed me? And when Saul is able to hear the voice of God speak to his soul and name with precision the reality of what's really going on inside of him, it liberates him. It's like it, it unlocks something inside of him, which is what happens to all of us. And then Saul is able to say with integrity, with honesty, I've sinned. And not only that, but he can name why he sinned. He said, I have sinned because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. This is the work of emotionally healthy spirituality, like in a nutshell. Now, unfortunately, for me and for, for you, our books don't come with like a built-in prophet. You don't get a Samuel with your EHS series. You have one better than that. You have the promise of the work of the person, the Holy Spirit. What we are invited to do is to learn to sit with him, to bring our practices of contemplative spirituality together with this pursuit of emotional health, to bring them together. And as Pete will tell you, something really remarkable happens when we're willing to do that. Dig beneath the surface and ask God to pay attention, help us see what's really going on. Y'all, we would, we would be remiss not to see and name the parallels between this moment in our church and this pursuit of emotional, healthy spirituality and what's happening all around us in our city and in our country. Chris named so powerfully last week that there is blood in our soil that cries out to us, which is a way of saying there is pain, literally hundreds of years of pain and injustice buried beneath our feet, that cries out, insists on being heard and reckoned with. And this pain isn't just beneath our feet, y'all. It's in us. It's in all of us. It's in the faces and voices of our black brothers and sisters. It's in these protests that we've been seeing night after night. It's in our segregated churches. 
And we have a responsibility to listen to this pain and to learn how to deal with it redemptively. That's the work that God has called us to. That's the invitation that we have in a time like this. If you read the story, I mean, tragically, Saul loses his crown as a result of his disobedience. That's that's painful. And part of us wants to say, that's unfair, you know. And as I was sitting with that fact and the severity of that fact, I felt the Lord's gracious words come over me, and I believe intended for all of us to hear. It is actually not true for you that you can lose your crown. There is no King David waiting in the wings to take your place in your life. Jesus has made sure of that. That your salvation, who you are before God is secure, but there can be and will be your losses if we don't tend to what's really going on. And that's also true for the church. There is no other church waiting in the wings to take our place. We are the church. And I wonder if we aren't meant to hear the words that God spoke to Saul, spoken over us in a similar way. If maybe we haven't, to the same degree, minimized the significance of our own work and our own calling, made ourselves too small in our own eyes in terms of the severity of what we've been called to do. Because if that's true, then maybe we could also stand to hear the word of the Lord. Though you have made yourself small in your own eyes, have I not called you and appointed you to be saints? To be at the helm of restoration and reconciliation. It is time for some of us, for us collectively, that we obeyed the invitation, the call of God in these ways. And I feel a lot of hope in this. I feel his heart and his mercy and his intention for all of us in it. I also feel um, the sobriety of the moment. What's at stake? So here's what we were going to do. Two, two things. We want to invite you. So many of you already have, but if you have not committed to going on this journey with us for the next eight weeks of digging beneath the surface and being able to recognize the ways in which we are unhealthy emotionally, we want to call you to do that with us, to take it seriously, to commit to people and to the Lord to going through this process together. And secondly, we want you to know that as a leadership team, as leaders in this church, we are committed to continuing to dig into beneath the surface of these issues surrounding race and racial injustice. We've appointed, are appointing, a guiding coalition of empowered lay people and staff who can serve as both a resource and as accountability for us as a team in order to make sure that we're being faithful to a moment, to where we believe God is putting his finger and wants us to pay attention to what's happening in our city and in each of us. We want you to know also that what that means is that we have been and are committed to seeing people of color lead in this church. Um, That has been our commitment and is our commitment in a moment like this. Will you pray for us as a church? Will you pray for our city? Pray for each other. There is so much I can see Uh, in store, both for myself. I've said before these last few weeks, going through this with my own family has been so helpful for me, revelatory in some ways. 
as I'm thinking about what it might look like for our church to commit to a similar process, it's really exciting uh, to me to think about. Greater things than these, Jesus said, we're called to do through the work of the Holy Spirit. And I look forward to seeing in this next season of our life together as a church what that looks like for each of us and for all of us together. God bless you. If you're able, let's stand together and pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.